Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. One of the tools that we have in our ABA toolbox is incidental teaching. But what is incidental teaching and what are the benefits of incidental teaching for our learners? So I had a student one time, actually, I've had a few students like this who have difficulty learning flashcards at the table. You know, we're teaching tacting or labeling these flashcards and these students really aren't understanding. Um, You know, for instance, I had a learner who was learning, I don't know, water and shoe and ball. And I was saying, you know, point to the shoe, point to the water. And then I was saying, you know, what is it? It's a ball. And they just weren't acquiring that skill. Um, And then I just took it into the natural environment and it was snack time. And I was pouring some water for this kiddo. And, um, you know, he pointed to the water and I just said, water. And he looked at me and he said, water. And I said, oh, he said, water again. I gave him the water, but I only gave him a little tiny bit. And then I did this again and he wanted more water. So I poured him a bit more. And I think within three trials, he learned the label water. I mean, it's a man, but then it was a label. I went back to the table and said, what is this? And he said, water. And, uh, you know, I did that with shoes. We went to the park and he was motivated. He had to go get his shoes um, playing during playtime. You know, we were able to do this with a ball and he just learned labels so much more quickly in the natural environment with some incidental teaching um, than he did at the table with those flashcards. So incidental teaching is really all about motivation. And it's it's an ABA strategy that uses all of those principles of ABA to provide structured learning opportunities, but in the natural environment, using the child's interests and their natural motivation. So nothing else is really different about it. We're still contriving situations. We're still um, getting those requests and the tax and providing opportunities for all of those skills to be shown. Um, But the child is showing us that initiation and that motivation. And one of the misconceptions that I often see is, you know, calling something natural environment teaching or incidental teaching, and it's completely child-led. And, you know, the therapist is kind of like 
wandering off after the child and the child is picking up one toy and then not wanting to play with it anymore. So they go to another toy and then they, you know, lose interest in that. And the therapist isn't really keeping up with the motivation of the child, as opposed to real incidental teaching, which is contriving opportunities where you can anticipate that the child might be motivated to ask for something, to show you a skill. And then you can get in a lot of trials. Um, Another misconception is that you don't get a lot of practice opportunities with incidental teaching, and that doesn't have to be true. If you can be intentional and you can contrive the right situations, you can get so many teaching opportunities, especially when they're motivated. So a lot of people ask about, you know, or use the terms incidental teaching and natural environment teaching synonymously, but they're not quite the same. Um, Trying to figure out how to explain this, like, okay, so incidental teaching is natural environment teaching, but natural environment teaching isn't always incidental teaching. So what's the difference? Um, The difference is, is that incidental teaching needs to be student initiated. And that's why Shira said that a lot of people think it needs to be student led, but it doesn't. Um, You know, therapists, teachers, instructors, parents, we can create opportunities um, for kids to want to initiate. So, you know, when we talk about man's training, for instance, you know, we talk about capturing and contriving man's. Same type of thing with incidental teaching, right? Um, We can be teaching manding, requesting during incidental teaching or other things, but the student has to initiate first. So for instance, if I am playing with bubbles, for instance, you know, I know the student likes bubbles, so I'm going to play with bubbles. That's my natural environment teaching, right? Let's play with bubbles and let's get some words in there and let's do some commenting. That's natural environment teaching, but it's not until the student reaches his arm out or she opens the bubbles or hands me the bubbles or does something to show me that she's interested in those bubbles, then I can call it incidental teaching. So natural environment teaching is, you know, the other day we were teaching a student functions and labels and one of those was car. So he was learning to match the car and receptively ID the car and talk about the car and what does he do with the car you drive. And, you know, he was having some trouble with it. And then he wanted to play with the car as his reinforcer. So we started throwing in, well, what do you do with the car? And what is it? And, you know, that's natural environment teaching. It's taking the skill from the table or from something a little more contrived into something a little bit more natural. Um, And then incidental teaching is you're creating that entire environment to get the student motivated to show you the skills that you want to be teaching them. Um, And it can happen throughout the day. It doesn't have to happen just during your ABA sessions. It's something that as teachers, parents, professionals, we can learn to put into any and every activity that we do with our kids, capture their motivation or contrive their motivation, um, get them to show you a certain skill, and then, you know, reinforce that with what it is that they wanted. And that's incidental teaching. And what's really cool about incidental teaching, um, because it is student initiated, means they're motivated right from the get-go. It's not like we have to, um, you know, say, well, what are you working for? Let's work for this external something or other. It's actually built into the task itself. Like, hey, you know, we're working for what we're doing right now because you're initiating this, which is so cool. Um, So, you know, like Shira said, the common misconception is that you don't get as many trials in. You can get a lot of trials in if you're contriving those situations. Um, But you also may not need as many trials because the student is so motivated that what may take you 100 trials at the table may only take you 10 trials in the natural environment. 
And sometimes when we think of incidental or net teaching, we think of, you know, youngest preschool kids. Um, and it is a really great tool for them, but it can be used for really any kind of kids. So teaching any skill to any student of any age can be done with incidental teaching. It's taking those naturally occurring environments, contriving them, and then using that motivation to teach the skill. So what makes it effective? It's the child's interests, right? Child's very highly motivated in the natural environment. And that does help with generalization to an evidence-based practice. So how do you know what to contrive? Um, watch the student, like spend some time looking at what their interests are, spend some time pairing with them, and then trying to just be a little bit more fun, a little bit more exciting, um, and be creative. Like if you see that they really like playing with little people who are it's sitting in a bus and see if they would like you to do something really fun and silly with those little people. Like you have to show them that some other things are more fun and that will help contrive those, um, those opportunities to show the skill, engage with them. And then what you want to do is once you've caught their excitement and they're into it and they're really interested, that's when you can present that, that SD or that trial, um, wait for them to respond and then reinforce the same way you would in any other DTT style uh, sequence. Um, you know, you can do this within the school setting or within a home setting, but you can also take this into the community. Um, you know, I've taught money um, in those ways, right? So, you know, if a student is really motivated, you know, to go into the store and buy something, then they've initiated, you know, hey, I'm, I'm motivated to go buy something at the store great, let's use money. Um, and you would use cash versus a card. But, you know, you could also use a card and show them how to use the pin pad and all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, there's lots of ways to do this in the community setting as well. Um, you can also do it in social situations, right? So it's not just about learning labels or learning requesting, but it's about learning social opportunities with peers. And if they're really motivated to hang out with peers or they're really motivated to um, do other things socially with peers, then that's a really great way that you can teach them in that context. So if you haven't yet checked out our post on net teaching, then go check that out. We will link it here in the show notes. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. And make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.